since I'm recording you, go ahead and do a slate for me. Do a slate? Yeah. Like, what do you want me to say? Well, just clap. Clap. Yeah. Clap. So, welcome to Discography Discussion number three. What's up? Dan. Hey, Joe. How are you? Hey, I'm in front of a microphone, and I'm listening to... uh, whatever this band is called that we used to open our show. Right, right, right. And we have a guest this week. We've yeah, never we had do. a guest before. I know. Well, I mean, hey, we yo. have if you count Josh. Well, here's the thing about Josh. Um, we originally were going to have this episode be about Slayer. And, um, well, so Josh went home and listened to a whole bunch of Slayer and inadvertently, I guess, opened up a portal to hell. You can uh, he, still do that? Yeah, he called me from hell. Apparently, the cell service is really good down there. Wow. Um, yeah, Verizon, I think it is. But, That's uh, what I was going to say. It, right. So, um, Josh is currently battling his way out of hell and will be rejoining us for the Slayer episode sometime soon um, after he's done talking to the Slayer guys about his uh, adventure of meeting Satan and blowing his head off with a shotgun. So, what band are we going to talk about this week? Then? So, this week, we decided to uh, keep the... Uh, Keep the Christian metal thing going, and uh, we're going to do Zeo. Although Zeo is not really like a Christian metal band, but they were at one time, so I think it's fair yeah. to call them that, you know. And you want to introduce our guest? Yeah, so our, yeah, so our guest is uh, Mr. Buddy Reno. Uh, Hello. Buddy is the uh, ex-bass uh, player for the band End of Destiny, and um, Buddy currently works uh, down in Tennessee. And uh, where are you living now, Buddy? Uh... Is it Knoxville? No, it's uh, Spring Knoxville. Hill, which is Spring Hill. like 30, I don't know, 20 miles south of Nashville, something like that's that. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I, I've actually been there. I'm just being a jerk hole friend. Um, and since, <laughs> and since you're our first remote guest, I'm going to be that guy that says, what are your qualifications for metal? Yeah, so what do you, yeah, like we're going to put you on the spot right now. Okay, so <laughs> let's see. Pretty much Dan Terry and I discovered extreme death metal together. Yes, we did. Uh, it was romantic. We dived down the route of uh, listening to X-Toll first. Yes. And I discovered uh, Soul Embraced, which was uh, Rocky Gray's, the drummer of Living Sacrifice's side project. Come on, dude. Found it was basically Living then, Sacrifice. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and so Same then band. I just kind of succumbed to the entire thing. Right. Me and Buddy have been friends for a very long time. <laughs> hey, what am I, yes. chopped liver? Yeah, Joe is uh, just like this piece of shit we found on the side of the road. But no, he, um, no, <laughs> Joe, Joe, do I look Dan? as pale as I feel? Yes. Embrace the paleness. Embrace. The soul embrace. <laughs> we need to talk about soul embrace, do you? We do at some point, oh, yeah. Wait, yes, wait, that would be a good thing. That's happening, yeah. Not right now. We're talking about Zayo now. No. Right, it's all about Zayo tonight. Yeah. yeah. So, Dan, who is Zayo? <laughs> Zayo, uh, well, technically Zayo is um, what Dan Wan, uh, Scott Mellinger, Russ Cogdell, Marty Lunn, and Jeff Gretz. All right, thanks for giving me the band list. Now you want to give me an actual like rundown of the band? <laughs> Maybe. Come on, tell me the Dan story about Zayo. Okay, so Zayo, right? Oh, man, Zayo. Okay, so back in the day, me and Buddy were really into this band called Living Sacrifice. Like, really into them. Yeah. Like, if they blew their nose in a handkerchief, we would smell the handkerchief, you know, like that. <laughs> they were they were the band, the extreme metal band that we were really big fans of. We liked Extol before, too, but there was something distinctly America about Living Sacrifice. 
Like the fact that they're from Little Rock, Arkansas, and they, you know, they were just, I don't know, they were heavy and um, really extreme. And everybody used to be like, oh, you like Living Sacrifice? Well, have you checked out Zayo? And me and Buddy were always a little bit apprehensive about Zayo because um, this was after Dan Wayne had joined on vocals. So, like, when people said Zayo, all we would think about was that raspy, you know, sandpaper, guttural, guttural growl. Yeah you know snarl this was around the time that uh the remake of all else failed came out in 2003 yes yes i brought that over to buddy's house he was playing um zone of the enders Enders on ps2 we only know that because we know the song and it probably reminds us of that game but uh resistance yeah we listened to resistance and i was like dude this is the best zeo song (laughs) and uh buddy listened to it and he's like i Definitely agree. So after that day, it was all about finding Zayo stuff. The first, yeah, I don't know what it was. Like we had heard previous stuff before, but not much. Yeah. But there was something about, I don't know, something that day clicked with that album, and we just started diving in and finding the previous albums that Zayo had released, and just completely fell in love with it. Yep. I had to complete the discography at that point. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Is Zayo guilty of always having a consistent sound, or is it a band that's changed over time? Oh, uh, they've changed a lot over time. Um, yeah, starting off as a hardcore band, um, you know, like the the original All Else Failed, uh, not the re-recorded one with Sean Jonas on it, is um, yeah, it's definitely got more of that like late '90s hardcore vibe, um, sounding kind of like uh, they remind me a lot of the band Overcome. Uh, who was another Christian hardcore band from the 90s. Um, They actually, I think they borrowed a lot from Overcome, only they're a little bit more melodic and they're maybe a little bit more technical. Um, But to be honest, um, with Zayo, I remember hearing the very first album I heard by Zayo was Prey to Chaos, um, which was very, very kind of far into their career, at least at that point. Like, what was it, like 2003, 2004, or something like that? Yeah, you're almost looking at 10 years. It yeah. was 2002. Was it? Well, we probably didn't hear it till two, till three or 04. Yeah. Because I don't remember going to the record store being like, where is, you know, Parade of Chaos by Zayo? It came out this week, you know? <laughs> Zayo is a group that I didn't really discover until later because they had put out a documentary DVD after they made the record Funeral of God. Right. And... I I never could get into them until I watched that and something about watching a documentary about a group that's been around at that time for a little over 10 years it 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 humanized them which made whatever they do make sense to me. Yeah, cuz I remember Joe I w- I would show you Zayo because me and me and Buddy were just like ridiculous about Zayo like you know everybody would be like, you know, oh yeah, I'm really into this band. I really like Nickelback. Do you guys know anything like that? And we're like, oh, you should definitely listen to Zayo. You know, like, <laughs> you know it was uh we would intentionally lead people down. Yeah, we would troll uh, people really heavily about Zayo. <laughs> and uh you know, I, the thing about Zayo is that they were so abrasive. I mean, those vocals of Dan's are just so ridiculous. That I mean, even even now in 2017, it still takes people by surprise. Um, yeah. It's startling, you know. Like people people know that like screaming metal exists, but like, do they know that there's like guttural snarling? I mean, just evil sound. 
sounding uh, <laughs> vocals because this isn't like black metal. Like this is some kind of weird combination of like hardcore screaming, death metal, and black metal screaming. It's all mixed in, mixed together into this sound that is uniquely Zao. Um, it's a sound you've not heard very in very many other places. There's, not really. I mean, yeah. during the height of Zao's popularity, uh, there were a lot of bands that copied that style of vocal, but you know, with Zao, they were kind of the originals and they're kind of the only ones that have stuck with it over the years. I can't think of any bands out right now that have that vocal style. Yeah. I've always described Dan Wayne's style of vocals as napalm death done by the fat kid who smoked two packs a day while he was a senior. <laughs> I could see that. Cause you know, they definitely have a sound that comes from their region, their community, their group of friends and people that they hang out with. But it's not it's not unique. Like nobody plays guitar like Jimi Hendrix, some people say. You know, no band sounds like Metallica. I don't know a band that sounds like Zayo throughout their career. No. And no. that's yeah. talking about the old Zayo and the new Zayo. Right. There's a consistency that you hear that you can't quite put a finger on uh, as you go through their discography. It's Scott. Um, it, yeah, that is Scott. <laughs> Scott's even the... though he's not even on a couple of the albums, there's still a, a sound there that right. is core to the Zayo experience. Right. So I guess what we always do with the discography discussion is we kind of always take it back to the beginning and work our way up to the modern day. So... It all started in what, 1995? Yes. With All Else Failed? Band not originally created by, but a band that was spearheaded by their first drummer, Jesse Smith. Yes. Jesse Smith, uh, probably the most consistent member of Zayo. Uh, From the beginning, he was on all the original stuff. Uh, They had a different vocalist when they started named Eric Reeder, and I have to say that... um, I really haven't heard much of the stuff that they recorded, like demos, with him on it. Almost everything I know about the early Zayo is featuring vocalist Sean Jonas. Yeah, that's all of my knowledge as well. But even then, this particular album that we're talking about, I've not actually gotten to hear. Yeah, uh, Buddy's never heard of the original All's Failed because it's actually kind of hard to find. If you go on Amazon.com, it's like they've got, there's a few people that have it on sale, but it's like, 46 bucks and i do love zeo but i don't know if i love him 46 bucks enough so you know i Especially definitely when it's not the members that you like you know that you're familiar with i mean it's not that i dislike the members of of the original zeo i just that wasn't the band i was introduced to i came to appreciate the older zeo later um because of my appreciation for early 90s or mid 90s uh christian hardcore um and this is this is unique too in that like one of my favorite Christian hardcore bands from the early 90s was uh, Focused. I keep saying early 90s, but it was really more like mid-90s, uh, like <laughs> ni- 1995 on, you know. Uh, but they remind me a lot of, of like bands like Focused, where the message almost took precedence over the music, but the music was still good. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, Sean Jonas was very outspoken and very focused in in a way similar to what we talked about with Steve Rowe, where... It was about the message to him, right? So that was the reason he was there. The music and the the hardcore that you got out of him was secondary. Well, one thing I have to say about All Else Failed though is that 
so I like bands like Focused, and I like bands like Overcome and Unashamed, and like I love those old Christian hardcore bands. But I would say Zayo at this point in their career was probably the most musically interesting of all of those yeah. bands. Um, they were more technical. I wouldn't necessarily say they were more heavy because there were some pretty heavy overcome and like no innocent victim songs at that time. But for the most part, Zayo, they were more technical than the other bands in the scene. And I felt like in a lot of ways they could go toe to toe with a lot of the secular the hardcore bands that were out there at the time. And so all else failed is a record that really survives as a hardcore record because of its passion. Sean Jonas screams his lungs out on this record and it sounds really sincere. It sounds really emotional. And I don't feel like, like I feel, cause I feel like this with some Christian bands that like I'm being fed a product, like they're giving me, they're giving me decent music in order to entice me to check out a religion or a or a, uh, a a certain state of mind. With Zayo, I feel like Sean Jonas is literally screaming this stuff at me because he thinks it's going to save my life. You know, and like that that passion really carries the record. Um, the drums yeah, sound I pretty can- good. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, I've kind of got to just go with what you're saying on it, but um, I mean, I can understand like your sentiment just based on um, the same type of lyrical intensity and, you know, musicality that is featured on, you know, their follow-up album, uh, The Splinter Shards of Birth of Separation. Right, um, yeah. And, there, and a lot of the same songs are on Splinter Shards that are on All Else Failed. So, like, if you don't have All Else Failed, there's really no reason to be upset. Because Splinter Shards has a lot of those songs. Yeah, Splinter Shards, uh, and I, I'm going to be quoting the Lester Lights of Heaven documentary DVD a lot tonight because that's kind of the first uh, exposure to Zayo that I had. So that's where the information is ingrained in my brain. Uh, but they talk about Splinter Shards being they got signed to Tooth and Nail and it was they wanted to get a record out, so they recorded what they had, but they needed more, so they used some of the material that was on LS Failed. And it's very interesting to hear the performances differently. Because oh, yeah. they, they almost sound like a, a band that was recorded live. Yes. Not, not that they were in a hurry, but just let, let's, let's put some emotion on here that's different from the last album. You could tell this band had been playing out a lot. They were more professional sounding. Uh, on All Else Failed, a lot of the versions of these songs, while they are more emotional, and in certain cases, like they're my favorite version of some of those songs. Um, on the Splinter Shards of Birth Separation, they sound like a much more professional band. Yeah, um, even the recording uh, itself is just, um, it stands up to other recordings that are made You know, today. It's got very good quality. You can hear everything going on. Yeah, um, yeah, the separation know, no expect- of instruments and stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um, Splinter Shard sounds good. It plays good. And I, I love Splinter Shards because there are some songs on there that aren't on the other ones. Um, there's a song. Um, shoot, I can't remember the name of that second song. Um, it's my uh, favorite. Surrounds Me? Surrounds Me. That's my favorite one on that record. Um, yeah. Because there's this little melodic bit where Chandra is just like, Your glory surrounds me. It's like just, I don't know. It's It, it hits that. <laughs> it, it kind of approaches that same emotional intensity that that I found on all else failed. Um, and yeah. I, you know, I love those early Zayo records, um, a lot and the band, you know, it's a testament to how great of a band they were and everything. But 
let's be honest. When anybody talks about Zayo, what are we really talking about? We're talking about when Dan Wayne. We're in. talking about what came later. Yeah, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I, I, I do. I love all else failed. I love Splinter Shards. Would not have given them the time of day without knowing what I knew about the band that came after. So I think like what 1996, 97, everyone drops out of Zayo except Jesse. Yeah, I could just I have this vision of like him sitting alone at his drum kit, like uh. <laughs> Okay. Hello, darkness, <laughs> they, my old friend. Right. So they basically all quit following their uh, 1997 Cornerstone appearance. Correct. And They're gone. I yeah. can imagine like they're sitting in Cornerstone, and all the members are like, "Hey, uh, we're we're leaving, but we're still going to play a few shows on the way back." So you know, is there a story okay behind you, that right? that we know? I do not know. I've I, never heard of that before until I was just kind of perusing the uh, Wikipedia article and was like, "Oh, that." They left it right after Cornerstone. That's, that's yeah. I didn't know that either. Uh, I'm not sure if Wikipedia is right on that or not. I it could be. I had I hadn't heard that, but um, it's possible. I mean, I know everybody left. It's in a it's in a Zayo biography by some guy named Ryan Downey. Ooh. Ryan Downey, yeah, Ryan Downey was their manager. There might be oh. some truth to that. Then maybe he still is yeah. their manager. I don't know if he is or not. <laughs> oh, I kind of want to see. Oh, if it was Ryan Downey, then it's true. Okay. For sure. But uh interesting. So yeah, they put out the Splinter Shards. They're they're a phenomenal, you know, nineties hardcore band. And then Blood and Firebring Rest comes out. New lineup. Um, there were some guys that were in um other bands. You know, they talk a lot about this on the Zayo DVD. I don't even know why we have to have a discography discussion since that DVD exists. But uh, we're going to do yeah, it Do you anyway. want to just watch the DVD and commentate <laughs> on that, like, you know, you know Mystery what? Science Theater 3000 you know style? Honestly, I think we probably will do that at some point. So That would be worth a watch. <laughs> but, Again, uh, it's been a while. So with Zayo, Blood and Fire Brings Rest are kind of, it's kind of like a blueprint for Christian metalcore. A lot of the way, a lot of ways... Living Sacrifices Reborn was the same way. You kind of had two different paths. Um, where Blood and Fire Bring Rest, just for anybody that doesn't know, sounds nothing like the Splinter Shards, The Birth of Separation. This yeah, is a whole got, different dragon. <laughs> you've got an, pretty much an entirely new band, except for Jesse Smith on drums. Correct. Um, and so, I mean, they don't have a bassist either, but they got two guitars. Well, there's uh, bass on the album, but yeah. Yeah, there's bass on the album, yeah. but... That was written by Russ and Brett Detar. Right. Uh, well, Russ Cogdell, uh, to be specific there. Um, there's only one Russ in Zayo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all know who Russ is. Right. Uh, but in case somebody doesn't know. Um, yeah. I mean, but this album is still like an instant classic. Uh, it, do- it didn't sound anything like, you know, the previous stuff, which was very, um, you know, not that, it, not that it's a bad thing, not trying to say that, but like... Uh, the previous albums were very Christ-centered and, you know, dealt with, like, praising God and things of that nature. Right, but it was very Blood biblical, Fire, yeah. Yeah, Blood and Fire, lyrically, it changed that format, and it started to deal with, like, personal problems and... Real uh, stuff, deep, yeah. Real stuff, yeah, deep-seated feelings. Uh, like, for instance, uh, you know, the one that sticks in my mind the most is the second track, To Think of You, is to Treasure an Absent Memory. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is just brutal. Oh, um, yeah. But... 
Dan wrote but that melodic. after, uh, <laughs> what was it, a friend of his or was a relative committed suicide? I think it was a friend of his committed suicide. Yeah. Yeah. And so he wrote that song immediately upon hearing that news and went to wherever they were, you know, doing their demo recordings and just belted it out. And yeah, it's pretty great. It's yeah. But you can still feel the raw emotion coming from that song. So I don't think there's any way to describe Dan's vocals. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. The music's great. It really is great. But the thing that was the craziest about Zayo at the time was the voice. Um, yeah. Dan's voice always sounded to me like a whisper a little bit. Like if you could scream through a whisper. Like um, <laughs> it's just very um, – it's gravelly. It's sandpapery. It, it sounds like there's definitely blood in his throat. <laughs> when he's doing it sounds it. like he's definitely screaming from the throat instead of from the gut absolutely um yeah and honestly the first time i heard it it was the craziest thing i ever heard i mean i had heard extol before that but um extol's vocals because we listened we were really big fans of extol's undeceived album um but those vocals seemed a little bit like computer processed um it's not like that on blood and fire at all it just sounds like a dude screaming into a microphone. Yeah. And so it's like unreal. Like, I mean, the very first time I ever saw Zayo live, like I didn't believe Zayo, like that those vocals were real until I saw it live. Like I saw that, a human that kind of sound could naturally come out of someone. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that was, <laughs> that was Joe's biggest problem with it originally was that it sounded completely inhuman. Zayo is a group that, if and I'm speaking about the Dan Wayant Zayo, when I say this, if you, if even if you have a reference point, the first time you hear it, it's almost completely incoherently inaudible. Yeah, because yeah. it. Let's say let's say you've listened to Napalm Death. If I gave you Zayo, if that was your expectation was what you're going to get from listening to Napalm Death, you still wouldn't be able to understand a word he says the first time. No. It almost takes two or three listens, or at least the desire to listen to the other records, and then some point your ear becomes tuned oh, yeah. to Dan Wayant's style of screaming. To where even when it does sound incoherent you can translate it in your mind. Yeah, you can and, hear it. And Blood and Fire, they, they don't openly talk about it, but Blood and Fire always sounded to me like, it always sounded like the record that came after the band that made All Else Failed in Splinter Shards. Because the voice is not completely in the Dan Wayant zone that we will get later. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think there was still a bigger focus on hardcore versus metal on blood and fire so what you had are like yeah. quick punchy more machi tunes that you could tell some of those some of those riffs were made for kids in the pit and, yeah you know i can agree with that and brett detar's style of dissonant metal chaos yeah i mean it you know it's it's very distinctive and it will come up again later even though this is the only album he was featured on right i mean the chaos of zeo i think was very brett detar you know in the beginning, um, a lot of the songs that he wrote had a very dissonant, 
Um, almost like what Norma Jean would capitalize on later. Um, that, yeah. that, that dissonant feedback soaked style. Um, could all have been Russ too, but I'm just going to say it was Brett because the next record didn't sound like that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and Russ was on both <laughs> records. So, you know, there you go. Um, yeah. This is still an album that I pull up frequently and when I want to listen to some Zayo quickly. Yeah. Um, I mean, and even the cover deserves some mention. I mean, it's a dude with fire and coming out of both eyes in his mouth. Like, literally every orifice in his face is erupted with fire. And that's, I mean, basically what the album sounds like. I mean, it sums it all up. Yeah, what I love too is that there isn't even the title on the cover of the record. It's no, just, it's oh. just pure Zayo. Yeah, like. yeah, and it's got this uh, like painted, uh, you know, it's 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 a painted type picture, and so right. it's just got a very, uh, you know, almost, uh, you know, uh, no, I can't say that. I was gonna say Dan Quiggle, but it's Dave not Quiggle. Really. Yeah, it, it's almost like that, but it's very smudgy instead yeah. of you know hard lines. Yeah, I love it. Um, I love that cover a lot. Um, unfortunately, I never was able to get a vinyl copy of this record, but I think the vinyl release of this had a different cover than that. They've re-released, I think, all of their records up to this point on vinyl at some I, point. I don't know if they've released all of them. I know they did uh, Blood and Fire, and they did Liberate. Yeah, Blood, yeah, Blood and Fire, Fire's got one. Uh, Broken Circle Records. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, well, it just took me to their main page. Yeah. But yeah, um, I never did get my hands on those because I wasn't into vinyl then. I got into vinyl, I don't know, like what, like a few months ago. I've been like big about vinyl, but before that, I was okay with my CDs and tapes. For anybody <laughs> that wants to know how this all started, <laughs> Dan started collecting vinyl again. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> then I wanted, I was like, we should talk about band's discographies. <laughs> um, so you can figure out what's worth buying. <laughs> mm-hmm. One thing about Zayo that always rings true is. They they have a sound that they have tried very hard to stick with. And this was the time period when Brett was in the band where they were touring with no bass player. Right. Yeah. And it's 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 something that I I wonder what the thought process was, or maybe it was just we, we could try to find a bass player or we could go out on tour. Uh I know that there was a common meme amongst underground bands at this time where if you were supposed to be a complete lineup you didn't need that person in the band right like find me the band that went out on tour without a drummer right yeah the the brett detar style that i mentioned very much based on open chords dissonance it's it's i can make a sound in this one position right and not every song on the next album was written by their lineup at that time. No, well, I mean, because Brett Titar was still on the uh, EP, the one that the split they did with Training for Utopia. Yeah. And that had an original song called Walk On By, Walk On Me, which is like maybe the heaviest Zayo song. Um, I'm not sure. It's it's very brutal. Um, almost out of character for the band. Um, you know, because Zayo's sound is a little bit more uniform. Like it's not necessarily pure chaos, but um, close. This 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 song really pushes the limit. I think it also has a very Zayos. underground, uh, lengthy title. Walk yeah. on by, walk on by, w- walk on by, walk on me. The pianist's prophecy. Yeah, I mean it's crazy, <laughs> right? 
Um, the penis prophecy. The penis prophecy. Yeah, that's what I heard. Um, Here it comes. Right. But yeah, it was just a really heavy, really heavy song. I mean, like, oh my God. Like, the beginning is just like slow, and Dan gets into like some almost good old death metal vocals on that song. I mean, it just. It blew me away when I heard it because I got that EP for like two bucks off of Amazon and was completely <laughs> blown away, not only by Training for Utopia being, you know, an insane band anyway, but having the two Zeo songs on there. There's a copy of, uh, there's a version, early version of Skin Like Winter on that. This obviously was written by Brett, maybe, you know. Um, at least it was written while Brett was in the band. So, um, that version is just extremely like lo-fi and brutal and crazy. And um, Ryan Clark That's from Training for Utopia favorites. does a guest vocal spot on that song on the EP version. It sounds just like he sounds in Demon Hunter now. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, Skin. I've never heard that version because you know Skin Like Winter is probably one of my favorite Zeo songs of all time. Oh yeah, I, I almost prefer the split EP version of it better to the album EP version. I'll have to listen to that because I've never heard it. It's really good. So, speaking of the album version, what is the next album in this timeline? So, the next album is uh, Liberate TX in Ferris, which uh, I now know is just a quote from the movie Event Horizon. And I hope you like Event Horizon which, because there's clips from that movie all over the album. <laughs> yeah. And Liberate Tex and Ferris means uh, to save yourself from hell, uh, which, you know, funnily, it, it saves, it says that on the cover of the uh, album. Uh, yeah, Solid so State really ran with the whole hell theme <laughs> of it. So, yeah. so who wants to tell the story about the label taking over the layout of this record? Right. So in the DVD, we reference the DVD a lot, uh, Jesse Smith says... Um, He's like, so I had a bunch of tattoos. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> and a couple of the tattoos had like 1950s, like pinup girls on them. And Tooth and Nail actually went in and edited the pinup girls out of his tattoos in the linear note, in, in the liner note photos, <laughs> which is weird because I've, I've never, that. I've never actually seen that version of it because the version I have, the pinup girls are on his arms. So, you know, yeah, go me, I guess. But, you know, like, so it was, you know. Um, well, if you're looking at this record, what you see what you see on the cover is just a close-up of what is Jesse Smith's eye. You're right. It's Jesse Smith's face. But He's when got you, tons of makeup on, you know. But when yeah, you open the album, you see all the linear notes, and even the track listing, like, has this Dante's Inferno that theme that, according to the band, they, they had, had nothing to do nothing with. Nothing to do with? Yeah. <laughs> they didn't... It wasn't planned that way. It's not a concept album or anything like that. It's just another album of 10 songs because Zayo is notoriously a 10-song band. Right. And and this was the record, too, where I think Zayo really kind of moved away from the whole... Like, I, I would almost argue that they weren't a Christian band as early as Liberate in the sense yeah. that none of their songs are really about that. Um I think Desire the End talks a little bit about the end times and stuff, but the the lyrics on on Liberate are are much more mature. I think uh, like mature themes. Um, you know, if 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 Liberate was a movie, it would be rated R. You know, like it was um, a little bit crazier. Um, the song Savannah they said you know was about a adult film star who 
you know, um, her face was destroyed in a terrible accident and, you know, she could no longer, you know, she was no longer considered beautiful or whatever. Like, and that's just like, you don't hear that kind of stuff on like a, your typical like Christian hardcore <laughs> album, yeah. you know, um, you know, and so that, that was weird and different. Uh, I, I never understood what the lyrics were about that until I watched the DVD and, you know, they kind of explained it that. Yeah. He, like uh skin, like the one that always stuck out for me from the DVD was uh, when he explained skin, like winter was now that, you know, Jesse at this point when, when the DVD came out was out of the band uh, that skin, like winter was actually written about Jesse Smith and he didn't really know it at the time. Right. How many times uh, do you think he played that song live? You know, like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Not I mean, really knowing that that's what it was about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Liberate it pro- is probably my favorite Zayo album. Uh, I had a new guitarist on this one, uh, Scott Mellinger, and he was um, just a phenomenal, just like sludgy, heavy, distortion-soaked guitarist. And a, a lot of the songs on Liberate are just very sludgy, um, kind of have almost like a crowbar neurosis type of uh, sound it's to funny. it. It's funny that you say it has like this sludgy sound because I actually on this record, uh, I kind of attribute the guitar to having this like sonic edge to it. Yeah. Um, there's something like metal shearing across metal that right. the guitars have that definitely didn't exist in the last album. Uh, there's just something like raw about the guitar sound in this. Yeah. Like, there, it, it does have a sludgy feel to it cause they feel really low and thick. Yeah. But when the note finishes its ring, it has this, this sheer to it that I haven't heard on any other Zayo record for that matter. Yeah, It almost cuts you, you know, <laughs> you know, like a razor blade, you know, um, and it's uh my ears are bleeding right yeah i mean it in it, it's i almost want to say it's lo-fi but it isn't really lo-fi i mean the, the vocals are more buried in the mix here than they are on uh like i because i feel like on blood and fire like the vocals were the center point of the band i mean the music was really good too but the, the vocals were up in the mix you could hear them very loud the vocals were almost more piercing i think than the guitar uh, on Blood yeah. and Fire, whereas on Liberate, the vocals didn't really take a back seat, but they're they're not like the guitar. The guitar rules Liberate. Yeah, you Dan know, it's not necessarily buried in the mix, but he's definitely more like at the same level with the band. Yes, and the guitar sound then can shine. It almost sounds and, a little bit more like a live sound, you know. Um, which I know, like the fear is supposed to sound like more of a live sound. We'll get to that later. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, funny, funny fact: uh, the tenth song on this album called "Manning Cage," Jack Wilson. Yeah, which I think it's just seven minutes of just instrumentals. I don't think there's even any vocals that I can. Creepy, remember. yeah, creepy building yeah, drums creepy and stuff. Yeah, it creeps uh, me out still to this. They got day. the title. The title of this song came from the credits of um, what's that movie again? Uh, Event Horizon. Horizon? Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there's a credit in there that says man in cage, Jack Wilson was Jack Wilson. And they just, they just thought it was funny. And so they made that the name title of the, of the song. Well, and Um, I really, I really connected to this record, especially after seeing the DVD and like Jesse saying that like him and Dan used to just sit up all night, listen and, and watch like 
really messed up movies and stuff. And like, it's funny because like, I, I can't help but harken back. Uh, Buddy and I used to do a radio show, um, local in St. Louis. I was just about to mention that. Yeah. We used to, we used to do a radio show and it was from midnight to 2 AM. Uh, it was like a Christian metal, hardcore, um, radio show. And, I remember we we would go back to Buddy's apartment after watch after doing the radio show and we would watch really messed up movies like all night you know and yeah we'd rent like weird horror movies from Italy like Zombie yeah the original Zombie and Italy yeah it well, was just low grade almost VHS yeah. quality movies and we would watch those and we watched the Prophecy with Christopher Walken which uh, the first one right the good one right what Zombie you were a soul where would you hide oh no Prophecy. Oh, prophecy! Yeah, it was the very first one, and uh, actually, that that whole dialogue from or that whole monologue from the beginning of the song "Ravage Ritual" on um, on Blood and Fire is front taken from, from the prophecy. Movie. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like slowed down, but yeah, it's you get to hear the whole thing. <laughs> and the uh, other thing about Liberate that I mentioned earlier about the Brett T- Detar style of dissonant metal, you get. A very clear picture of that in this album. You can tell which songs Scott Mellinger wrote and which songs were written by Brett Detar. For sure. Because Scott Mellinger's style is much more melodic and how dirty can I make the next chord sound? Almost right. like George Harrison used to do. Like if there was a dissonant chord in a Beatles song, you knew that it came from George Harrison. Right. Scott Mellinger, same way. Right. And it mixes together so well that... This is considered by many to be the masterpiece of Zayo. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I yeah. love that record so much. Um, I mean, and I even have to agree with Jesse Smith when he says he feels like the first record was Liberate. You know, like uh, the, the, the like the <laughs> Zayo that we know now. You know, Liberate yeah. plays such a huge role in that. Yeah, because I mean, on this record for the next uh, you know couple of years here. Uh, Dan, Scott, Russ, and Jesse, um, and you Rob know, minus Horner. Rob Horner on bass, who yeah. was only on for another album. Um, that's, that's Zayo, you know, uh, that's the band I think of. Yeah. When yeah, I think of Zayo, I mean, even up to today, the minus Jesse Smith, that's still Zayo. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, this is definitely the beginning of what Zayo is now. Right. I mean, and that record was very dark and, depressing i mean i remember i remember showing that record to people and then being like you know where's the hope dan you know like you can't listen to such (laughs) depressing music and you know it sounds demonic with the vocals and i don't know how you could call yourself a christian and listen to this kind of stuff and i'm like oh you think that's crazy you should listen to some of the other stuff i've been checking out you know like you know (laughs) and uh yeah zayo just i mean they just blew me away man and you know this was this was definitely like a like a high school band um, for me, like a hundred percent, like I, I used to joke that anybody that heard Zayo heard about it from me, you know, like even though they were this huge <laughs> band across the country at the time, I was so obsessed with Zayo. I mean, I, I'd be sitting in class and, you know, writing Zayo logo, the Zayo logo on like literally everything that passed in front of me, you know, um, I put <laughs> Zayo, uh, I remember one time in art class, like I, I basically recreated the Liberate cover artwork on a notebook, <laughs> you know, and just like like with the the face and the fingers and just everything. And um, I mean, I was I was obsessed. I mean, the super fan, a hundred percent. 
Um, I just couldn't, I, I, every time I listened to that record, there was always something new for me to go back to. And, um, you know, there's still things that I pick up now that I didn't hear before, especially because, you know, like, um, MP3 players were kind of just coming out when we got a hold of this record. Right. And, you know, you're trying to squash as much stuff as you can fit on them because, you know, they only held so much. Right. So we're listening to these records at like 192, 100, you know, 60 something or other. Right. Yeah. If you were lucky, it was like 128 for me for oh, like yeah. five years. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I listened to most of Zayo's discography at 96K. Which makes it even more. Which wrong. is horrible. Yeah. I mean, you used but, to drive around with your laptop and your passenger seat. I did. And all man. your albums were writ to WMA 96K. Oh, it's good enough. This no. was before the iPod. Okay. So, I mean, it was. This was know, during the iPod. It was just that was all you had. I had a 15 gigabyte hard drive in my laptop. You know, it just, yeah. you know, and I would listen to these records and just, you know, listen to how heavy this is. And I had this Camaro with two, two front speakers. And that was it. And they were broken. I remember and that. And I would yeah. blast Zayo out of that. Yeah. Like, and you would kill the bass and all drive the time, me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> well, they didn't need bass. It was more like Zayo Live, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, What's that screeching? Is that Dan? Right. Oh, no, that's actually the speaker. Oh, no, wait, that was Dan. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the, yeah. So, I mean, the lyrics were more mature. The music was, was heavier. Um, it was sludgier. It was terrifying in a lot of ways. Um, and still terrifying. Um, so, you know, like, so the next record that they kind of, you come into the self-titled and you get kind of a, kind of a different Zayo on this one because you, know, you put in five-year winner, winner and it's sludgy and, um, now to note for this band, at least, uh, Russ had left at this time. I don't think he was um, on the self-titled. Yeah. I'm not, 100%, yeah, he's not but, on, he's not on self-titled. Uh, he's not so on Parade of Chaos. Also, like, this was the era of all the songs were written and recorded by Jesse and Scott. Right. And then Dan yeah. would show up and do vocals. Right. Yeah. Which makes me wonder why I still don't have that sometimes. Because if this is two guys, I mean, barring the digital drums. Sounds pretty good. This is good. Oh, yeah. For sure. I mean. But this is what you get when you listen to Nine Inch Nails and say, I could play that. Right. That's got to be what Jesse was thinking when they when they did that. It was like, <laughs> we're going to do a digital type album. I mean, the drums were all digital, which bothered me a little bit. I mean, I think he was playing on a digital kit, but so it was still a performance. But um, it just sounds weird. And um, I think it takes away a little bit from the impact that some of those songs could have had. Like five, I always imagine what five year winter would sound like recorded with real drums. You know, like it, it would sound, I think, a little bit more intense than than what we get. Um, Self titled was weird though; it had a lot of instrumental songs on it. Um, yeah, you know, it had sort of a kind of a pseudo industrial feel to it. Um, Dan's vocals are probably like the loudest they've ever been, <laughs> like over the music. Um, which it was, it was just really weird hearing this like nine inch nails type sound but then you've got Zayo in there too. Like it's like, you're listening to a nine inch nails record. And you're listening to a Zayo record in one speaker and a nine inch nails record on the other speaker. And yeah. <laughs> that's kind of what and there's a couple of songs in here where I don't even know if Dan is even on them. Uh, there's like, a few. He's not. Yeah. Yeah. Like witch hunter. I don't think Dan's even on that one. Yeah. I don't think that's him. Um, I think that's all Jesse. Yeah. And the dreams that don't come true. Track nine. Uh, that, that's like a completely slow song. Oh yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And that's like probably the first, like 
slow song with vocals, like actual song song yeah. that they've actually written uh, on an album, uh, which is very interesting. It's a very good song. But again, I don't think Dan's even on that one. I no, think he is. No, he or is. Or not album um, song. Dan is singing Dan's on, on there. I think that's him singing, actually. Okay. Because it sounds yeah. like him, like with the spoken the spoken word parts and stuff. It's, it's a deeper register. I think that actually is Dan singing on those record on those, on that song. And he does scream on that one too. So it's very obviously. Yeah. Him. Um, I, unfortunately, since this is kind of a last, you know, minute podcast, um, you know, wasn't able to go back and re-listen to this album, you know, to get a complete refresher on it. But, yeah. You know, just coming from memory. Um, that, that's probably, one of my favorite songs on the record along with uh five year winner and the tool to scream tool to scream was really good. Um, starts off as kind of like almost like a creepy jazzy intro to yeah. that one. Um, I don't know if jazzy is the right word for it, but it's definitely creepy and awesome. Uh, it's a slower paced song too, but it just really builds up. I remember hearing them play that song live and it just, yeah, I mean, cause it starts off like really slow and kind of like downtrodden, and then, like, it goes into just complete chaos <laughs> after yeah. that. I mean, it just kind of explodes in your face like a firecracker, you know? Like, um, that's one of those ones that is really fun to see live. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so, you, you both are reminding me of something that I've noticed about hardcore Zeo fans a lot of Zeo fans live in kind of a strange bubble where you almost forget that there's material that Jesse Smith sang on. Oh yeah. Even though when you hear it, you're like, Oh, that's such a good song. Like I'm thinking of uh, angel without wings because it has both Dan and Jesse singing. Does it? Yes, it does. Uh, I thought that was all Dan. And we're going to get to that when we talk about parade of chaos, but okay. you hear stuff on here, like, like witch hunter. Yeah. Which, which hunter is Jesse. There's one that's called like F J L. Yeah. But and you almost forget. It says it's an instrumental, but it's, Jesse's definitely singing on that. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's weird I mean, that they said it was an instrumental. Yeah, looking on darklyrics.com here, you know, there's there's definitely lyrics for that. It's a, it's yeah. a paragraph. Yeah, and like, I mean, this record was weird. It had weird lyrics. Um, like there was a song about it them being like pissed off about people talking trash about them on their message boards. <laughs> yeah, which is called trash can. Trash hands. can hands. Yeah, but it's actually one of the more brutal songs on the record. You know. Yeah. Um, which is funny because like one of the lyrics on this song is pout pout hoo hoo talk talk pout hoo hoo hoo. Right, and you could definitely <laughs> tell that Jesse wrote that. You know. Um, yeah. Because it's completely not like something you'd hear from Dan. You know, <laughs> like. Uh, yeah. He screams it, but I definitely don't think he wrote that. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, he even calls out two of the people that he did not like with their username handles, you know, right? <laughs> DXC boy and fire kid. Yeah, whoever, who whoever are, they are. You I don't wrote th- this song for you. I don't think they were me and Buddy, but you know, who knows? Uh, <laughs> Way to be all hip hop about it, right? Well, and then <laughs> there was um, there was that song, uh, the end of his world. Which is, you know, just seems like it's going to be like a regular Zayo song or whatever. Um, and then you've got like, you've got Dan screaming, the music's, you know, punching you in the face and it's, it's heavy, it's extreme or whatever. And then you just hear Super Jesse fast. Smith in the background going, he didn't know, she didn't know she, she didn't know he was going to die. She didn't know he was going to die. It just sounds really weird. Like, I, like, I don't know how that fits or if he was just doing it to be a dick or what, but like, it just doesn't, it doesn't flow, uh, 
quite like it should. I mean, it doesn't ruin the song necessarily, but it's like definitely not something I whip out and show my friends like check out this Benzeo, <laughs> you know. Like, it's definitely uh an odd <laughs> an odd point in the album cuz they've never yeah. really done like a they, they, you know, they they've done talking parts, but they've never really done like gang vocal parts without the gang. Well, yeah, <laughs> and I and I also kind of like get the impression that maybe they didn't care as much on this record. <laughs> so they would just kind of do stuff that didn't really work. Uh, Cause like one of my favorite songs on the CD is the song at zero at the very end. It's like the heaviest Zeo song ever, you know, but like totally like there's nothing to it at all. It's just, you know, blast beats and screaming. I'm at zero. You know, it's just, it's just, yeah. it's just like straight blast. Like, for like two minutes and then it's just like five minutes of noise after that. You know, it's like yeah, really kind of weird. And, um, but I, you know, I love it because I loved Zayo at this point. I was completely plugged in. So like they could have farted for 40 minutes on a record. And I've been <laughs> like, this is an amazing Zayo record. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at this point we, we had gone to see Zayo at, uh, you know, some dive, uh, in St. Louis and, uh, you know, they played a tool to scream live. Yep. And that was probably like this was, you know, before right before Funeral out. God came out, yeah. I think yeah, it was before Funeral God. Um so this was definitely still the classic Zayo. Jesse was up there on drums and yep. when they play the tool to scream, you know, there's a part at the end where he just screams over and over the martyr. And you've never seen so many people just eat that microphone oh, you yeah. know, when Dan sticks it out into the crowd and like it's just a horde that the pit completely closes up and everybody dives for that mic so that we can all participate. Like it's, it's <laughs> I'm the gonna, most intense moment that I've been in, in a metal show. I'm going to um, adjust your memory a little bit on that show. Um, Dan actually wasn't the singer. He the, wasn't. the very first time we saw Zayo, it was the guy, Josh from uh, society's finest. Ashworth. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It was still good. It was still Zayo. Go know, ahead and like, elaborate on that, Dan, because Zayo notoriously, you don't until recently you don't know who you're gonna see when you go see live right yeah you had a you had kind of a 50 50 shot back then like because it was either gonna be Corey darst or dan or maybe dan and at this point in the career where they don't have a bass player live he might be playing bass right yeah you were lucky if it was dan there yeah. um because the first time we saw him it was with josh and then the second time we watched it it was with dan yeah and, and joshua ashworth he if there was a person that could take over for Dan and I would be okay with it would have been Joshua Ashworth. Well, yeah. And they uh, talk about that yeah. on the DVD too. Like, um, you know, Scott was like, yeah, we went into the, you know, he's recording the vocals and we listened to the demo track back and he goes, you know what? This might be okay. You know, <laughs> like, like yeah. th- this might work. Um, and I don't know what the reasoning was. I remember when they were supposed to be recording the funeral God album, uh, that they originally, cause I remember when we saw him, he said that they were working on a record called, um, bleed beautiful and there were two songs that they had released online one was called 21st century thriller which uh went on to become the rising end and yeah. the other one was uh called she's not leaving she's not breathing which became uh, praise which became praise war machine yeah and it's so yeah. funny because i listened to the lyrics I, I really i really i need to go back and listen to that demo and remember what the actual lyrics were 
on that song because it's just started. He's like, he's like, because it's Praise the War Machine, and he's like, I found a body in the backseat of my car. And I, was, I just want to know more about that. You know, like, <laughs> what, what was that all about? You know, like, uh, no, what's funny is, uh, I mean, not really funny, but we're we're jumping the gun here. Um, you know, on to Funeral of God. Oh, there's yeah, still sorry. two more albums uh, well, between yeah. when now, they exploded in popularity. Now, which came first, Parade of Chaos or the re-record, or the 80% re-record, as I've been known to call it, of All Else Failed? Parade of Chaos. Uh, Parade of Chaos, yeah. That was O2. That might have been one of the first rec- Zale records me and Buddy bought. Um, we yeah. bought it at a CD warehouse, and we were listening to it, and so Parade of Chaos is just a wacky as hell record, um, and that's not a bad thing. Like I almost feel like they recorded it in a sense of like this is going to be bad, nobody's going to like it, nobody's going to listen to Zayo anymore after this. But it was I like remember, I remember Jesse on the DVD uh, saying that they purposely recorded this in standard tuning just to make people mad. Yeah, but just the songs when, he was he was which playing isn't guitar technically on. true, but yeah, it's. <laughs> Um, yeah, but he said yeah, he was playing on like a single kick, you know, bass drum and, you know, just to piss people off, you know. <laughs> See, this is by default my favorite Zayo record. Really? It's not actually my favorite because <laughs> that will always be Funeral of God, I right. think. But I find myself when I want to listen to Zayo and I can only choose one album, like I don't want to shuffle the whole thing. It's usually Parade of Chaos that I pick. Parade of Chaos is in a way the most chaotic Zayo record in the sense that it's completely random. Like you never know what's coming. And that you might know? be why I always go for it, but yeah. it always leans that way. I'm thinking I want to listen. To, yeah, I'll listen to Zayo. Flip through. There's the funeral of God. There's my favorite. Well, pray to chaos. It's musically weird. You know, I like, think it's the album cover, honestly. I don't know why. Yeah, it's like a giant gunshot, like and there's blood splattered out all over the CD case like it it's just weird man like and you open up the you open up the book and it's like obviously it was pictures of the band members but their heads are all gone like <laughs> you get yeah. you start off with the buzzing like, you go to suspend suspension yeah, you know <laughs> then we're, we're straight into parade of chaos and then angel without wings which is like your favorite record where you're where you say now why doesn't Dan sing all the time? Right, yeah. I th- I'm pretty sure that's Dan singing. Um, it's a if, mixture. If the band listens to this, they can definitely correct me because I'd want to know. Don't talk about the band or they might show up. Right, that'd be awesome <laughs> if Zayo showed up right now to and play all a show. And the door the busts down. Yeah. And Do you know what happens Zayo, if you go in the yeah. bathroom and close the door and look in the mirror and say Scott Mellinger three times in the mirror? <laughs> yeah, you get Zayo <laughs> instantly and they, they come to attack you. Dan shows up and goes, you want a beer? Right. <laughs> can, we, can we try that later? Oh, dude, I really want to try the Zayo beer, but I think it's only available in draft. I don't know if it's available in, in bottle or not. Which... See, if yeah, you well, go in the bathroom and you we'll say talk... Scott Mellinger in the mirror three times, he will bring you the beer. Okay, I like that. <laughs> we'll talk about the Zayo beer when we get up. What if, uh, what if you record. say Jeff Gretz three times in the mirror? What do you get? Uh, an onslaught of metal? Does Zayo show up or does From Autumn to Ashes show up? I don't... Anyway, uh, so... <laughs> Anyway, uh, so yeah, Pretty Chaos is weird. Um, Angel Without Wings is like a very melodic, like almost ballady type song. But like, and it sounds like it sounds like a standard rock song. But like, you've got Dan from Zayo screaming over it, like just like a madman. And you know, there, there's like melodic choruses, and it's just it's yeah. weird, man. Like, it's definitely different. Um, but this I think this album has probably one of the coolest uh, openings to a uh zayo record ever oh the buzzing because uh, yeah. the buzzing like 
I know we kind of blew past that a second ago, but I mean, you can't forget just like how raw that song is. Like just him screaming the buzzing over and over yeah, again yeah. in the beginning. Like you just are instantly bombarded and you have no idea now what is going to be waiting for you. And then the next track is kind of has like a traditional ish, you know, verse, chorus, verse kind of thing going yeah. on. And yeah, then it just starts going all over the place. Yeah. Suspense suspension is weird to me, like a weird song. Um, I love it. It's weird that it's like basically about like people that masturbate while strangling themselves. Like that, that was weird. You know, Cause that was a thing. You didn't hear that much. You didn't hear much about that kind of stuff on very many like <laughs> solid state records, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> albums. And you know, obviously that didn't come out until a few Gee, years later. I wonder why Dan Wayant had to lie about what the songs were about. Right. Yeah. There's no way they would have put those records out. Um, yeah. You know, at that time, it's just very, it was a different time back in like Oh three, you know, two Oh three. And, uh, and who could forget the ballad of buddy Bixby? Which isn't even a song. It's like an electric thing. It's, 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 um, I'm pretty it's sure it's Jesse Smith playing with a keyboard. Even though the band didn't care about Parade of Chaos, I cared about Parade of Chaos. It was, I liked Parade of Chaos. It was cool. It had a bunch of weird songs on it. I mean, it, it just, like, as an, and it was weird that that more or less served as my introduction to the band. You know, <laughs> like, because that was pretty much, I mean, because that was pretty much the first album that we, uh, that you had physically purchased, you know, physically yeah. purchased, and you showed it to me. I didn't. I wasn't a big fan of it at, at the time because yeah. it wasn't until uh, Resistance, you know, or not Resistance, uh, the re-recording of Almost Failed came out. That right. I was. I actually got into it. Um, yeah, yeah, I got that. Um, I don't remember if I bought that or downloaded it, but I own it now. Just in yeah. case anyone's listening, yeah, I own the physical. Go ahead disc. and talk about the re-record of All Else Failed because you know. Okay, if, so if you talk about the band not caring. They really didn't care. Yeah, not so much on this one. And it's weird because I still enjoy listening to that re-record because I like hearing the old Zayo songs with the more modern Zayo lineup. It's cool hearing Dan scream those songs and, and all that. But, like, you know, it, it sounds different. There's parts that are actually changed <laughs> from the original. Um, yeah. And, like, the version of All Else Failed, the actual song All Else Failed, like that, like, 10-minute epic All Else Failed, um, sounds way different on the re-record than it sounds on the original. And the original actually yeah. sounds like maybe a little sloppy compared to the for the re-record. The re-record kind of took the idea of the original and I think made it a little bit better. But, yeah, I, I kind of get the impression they really didn't care about this at all. This was something that they were doing to basically fulfill a record contract because yeah, you would that be was correct because yeah. they did admit that they put this out just so that they could fulfill their record contract with solid state right and because they never put anything out for solid state after that you know that was yeah it. um there yeah. was one more solid state record zayo release which was um it was the zayo legendary record uh which came out before Th funeral god or maybe came out around the same time uh, which had like a it was like a like a greatest hits for not like bands like Zayo have hits but you know like well that's essentially what it was right it was it was like the a best of Zayo you know plus and three demo a, tracks yeah it did have some tracks that I think featured Corey Darst yes yes it did yes. uh it had uh there was one called the Icarus Complex I don't remember what the other two are called at this exact moment because I don't have the CD in front of me but. Um, you had the Icarus Complex, One Last Time, and All Dressed Up yeah, with No Place to Go. And I think one of those songs, actually, like the main riff from uh, 
one of the other songs. It was either the riff from Pray to Chaos or it was from the buzzing. But one of those songs ended up on Pray to Chaos in a different form because, you know, nerd. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, and it's weird. The songs of Corey Darst, uh, they sound pretty good. Like, I, I, it makes me wonder what a Zale record with Corey Darst would have sounded like. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it probably would have been pretty good. Um, but, you know, that's the thing. I, I love Dan. If given the option of Dan versus anyone else, I'm going to always pick Dan. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. because he, he is Zayo, you know, 100%. And um, I think I think at this point, I think, I think everybody associates Dan's vocals with Zayo. Like that, that is, that is at its core, the Zayo song. Like so they could, they could fart on a record. And as long as he was screaming over it, it would be good. You know, like, <laughs> I wonder what that record would sound like. <laughs> it probably would sound like farts with Dan screaming over him. <laughs> if I, if I had to guess, uh, <laughs> this is the end. If you really think about it of the second iteration of Zayo, the second era of Zayo. Because yeah. I, even though the first record of this era that had Brad Detar on it, I still kind of throw those together because Zayo has not yet totally become Scott Mellinger's band. <laughs> and you know what I Depends mean. Depends on who you ask. Well, you know who I mean at this point. Right. It wasn't yeah. until The Fear where you really got what Scott Mellinger has in mind when it comes to the songwriting. Yes and no. Um, I think the fear. I mean, I think the funeral of God it has more Scott in it than uh, even the fear. But so so, Zayo breaks up basically after this. Yeah, we had they, all kind of gotten used to Zayo not being a band anymore, which was a bummer because I think Living Sacrifice broke up around the same time, and so it's like, well, who are we going to listen yeah, to? Yeah, it's like you lost two giants in one. Yeah, it's like cool. Who are we going to listen to now? The answer is Norma Jean. But, you know, <laughs> um, Ixnay on the Orma Jean May. Right. We'll talk about Norma Jean in a different time. But yeah, like, um, <laughs> but yeah, so we, we had kind of decided that Zayo was gone. Uh, Zayo had kind of decided that Zayo was gone, you know? Um, yeah. So it was weird when I think it was like a year later or something that like all of a sudden they were back. Yeah. And like it back. was, they were back with the Liberate lineup. Almost. No, it was. Uh, it really was the Liberate lineup originally. Almost. Jesse was gone. Not yet. Not when yet? Zayo first came back, Jesse was still in the band. Oh, really? Yep. I remember that because I, I would I used to read message reports and all kinds of stuff that's probably considered unreliable now. But uh, at the time, <laughs> yeah. well, yeah, because that was that was actually the first time I saw Zayo was when they came back. And I think Dan yeah. was Dan was with the band for a short period of time. And then he quit again, and that's when they hired Joshua Ashworth. Because when we saw Joshua sing for Zayo, the very first time we saw them at the Creepy Crawl here in St. Louis, Josh was singing. But other than that, it was the straight Liberate lineup. It was Scott, Russ, Rob Horner, and Jesse Smith. And it was funny because um, I because I remember Rob Horner running up to the microphone and doing these really sick backup vocals. <laughs> to the songs like that was like my favorite part about it was was that and um and we really enjoyed that show it's kind of weird though because like i thought that show was really really good and i didn't realize until we saw him a year later with dan in the funeral god lineup how short changed we actually were at that first show yeah because when we saw him again I forgot that that was why they did 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's why they did those three demo songs because they were writing uh, the funeral of God. Right. And they talk about until, it on Legendary. Yeah. 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 How it they wasn't were... until Zan- Dan came back in that they changed the entire concept. Right. Yeah. He came back with with lyrics and and all that, and it's crazy because. Um, like yeah, we were totally shortchanged at that first show because the second time we saw them, it was Dan. I remember he had like no shirt on. It was like 115 degrees inside the creepy crawl, and like Dan was shirtless and had like huge dreadlocks and was terrifying. Like I remember like we'd be playing the songs and singing, and he was just like point directly at me, like point directly into my soul, you know, <laughs> and be screaming. And um, we had like a lot of crowd sing-alongs, and I remember we talked to Scott and. We talked to Scott and Russ and everybody after the show for a considerable amount of time. If you remember that, and he was telling us how like Scott was telling us how like Danzig was the greatest band in the world. <laughs> I remember I had to go to work the next day and it was like midnight. Yeah. yeah. Like, man, I, I really need to go, but I don't want to leave. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't hear anything. Yeah. So, cause if you remember the first time we saw him, like they pretty much finished playing and then they were all gone. Yeah. I think you got Scott to sign like one of your records. Yeah, I Scott. Think I Scott have, was like the only one that hung out after the show, you know, because he's just yeah. a cool dude like that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and and that was about it. But uh, whenever we went back and saw him a year later, we were you know we were the typical fanboys. We we're having him sign like all of our records, you know, <laughs> like yeah. And uh, it was awesome, you know. I I, I still love that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's this huge hype at the time. Like Zayo was back. They signed to this record label called Ferret Records. And they were coming out with a new album. And what is it called? It's called The Funeral of God. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, my God. You know, like, if people if people gave me trouble about listening to Christian music versus not Christian music, like, before that, it was, like, tenfold <laughs> yeah, when, when they put out a record. Like- and I, I, was, I was like, no, no, it's totally a cool album. And it's about, like, if God died. And they're like, well, damn, the Bible doesn't say that. And I'm like, well, it's like not something that's really happening it's just an idea in a song you know <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a concept album Come it's on, a concept man. album right it's it's the first zayo concept album and maybe the only yeah. one yeah when i talk about I the funeral of the god i say ladies and gentlemen steve peck steve peck being uh joe's personal favorite zayo drummer um i admit that the drums on this album were amazing I'm an old school fan, so I'm gonna still stick directly with Jesse Smith. The interesting is my favorite thing, Zayo drummer still. For those that have kept up on it, if if you're savvy, you can find demos for almost every song on this album that were done by Jesse Smith. So in reality, what you've got is the first album to feature a different drummer playing his version of Jesse Smith's parts. Yeah. So why is this so good? Um, I think more consistency. The Funeral God is probably the most, like, new person-friendly Zayo record. Like, you can't just show somebody off the street, like, pray to chaos and be like, dude, this is great. They look yeah, at you like you have two heads, you know. Funeral God. More, there's a more melodic, you know, thread throughout mm-hmm. all of the songs. Um, they're more like it, songs. They have verse, chorus, verse type yeah. of structure. Yeah, um, it's a little less hardcore. You know, a little less traditional hardcore. Yeah, it's more almost more metal in the sense of it's a kind of more grand sounding. Um, 
usually I describe stuff like this as up its own butt, but I don't feel like it's quite that way here because um, it's still Zeo. It's still, you know, scary and <laughs> like. There's, yeah, and there's not a bad song on this record at all. Not that I, I yeah, not really that I'm aware of. I, I, I can mean, definitely listen I, to this one from beginning to end. Yeah, I think the only one that I typically skip over is Live from the Funeral of God. I don't know why that one just. Well, that song's really never, unsettling towards the end. Like there's this like just dissonant <laughs> there's like this dissonant build up at the end he's like he's like uh there's no reason to be afraid everything's under control it's like really <laughs> scary uh so I, I like that song still uh this one had singing on it that was kind of new for zeo i mean they they did it in pray to chaos and they did it in set self-titled a little bit but like it was always just kind of like weird. Like you didn't consider it part of the sound. This was the first record where they really incorporated Scott singing. This is the yeah. first record where we hear Scott singing. Like who knew that that dude could sing, you know, <laughs> that just started happening on the funeral. Of God, it was very, very, I, it was almost jarring for me. Cause I'm just not used to hearing singing on a Zao record. And like, it wasn't overpowering or anything, but it was just, it was different. And, uh, it was like a welcome change. Cause I mean, at this point, I still considered Zayo to be like a perfect band, you know, like, and so I, to me, like, well, they don't have to sing because they're Zayo. You know, they're perfectly yeah. sustainable as they are. And then I, you know, I hear him singing on these songs and I'm like, this is a welcome change. You know, like, I, yeah, I like it was good. It wasn't like it was, you know, um, just kind of put out there, even though the guy couldn't sing at all. Right. You know, he actually can. And so they did it well and did it in the right parts. Right. And his singing actually has gotten a lot better over the years. Um, I go back and listen to the funeral God and I was like, wow, he really wasn't as good as he was on later albums, but it didn't matter then, you know, it still sounded good to me and, and I liked it. And, um, yeah, that, that funeral God is just, is probably the most like accessible Zayo record. And, um, I'm glad you said that. Cause accessible is the word I think of. Cause it was kind of your first time with Zayo. Wasn't it Joe? I mean like that the funeral of God was like your first go-to Zayo album. You had spent a good year and a half, maybe at this point, drilling this idea into my head that Zayo is a good band, <laughs> which I was, it I was would right, not register I? in with me. <laughs> and like I said earlier, my real exposure was the lesser lights of heaven DVD. Right. For whatever which reason, at least in accordance with this, the combination of that humanization of the group and that exposure to this album at the same time, it clicked. Right. It's like, okay, I get it now. If if there's such a thing as having a regional sound or a sound that's based within your community, which I, I do believe Zayo has, you can tell when a band comes from a certain area and this has got to be what their area sounds like. It, it, it all clicked. It all made sense. And it's good music it's performed well yeah you can perform music like this badly oh sure this is performed well and that is yeah. important when you have a gateway drug like that it's got to be something that you can get into your system without too much pain right well and you have a uh you have a, a big concept that carries it too um i think i think with this record the christian fans were still very much on board uh, because th there were a lot of like biblical themes and, and stuff to the lyrics and you could make an argument that the funeral God is still the Christian Zayo. Yeah. Um, Cause I mean, it even, I mean, the way it ends is with man realizing like that 
this wasn't the way to go. And we they, messed up. Yeah, we yeah, pissed them off. Back to just waiting on God to return. Right. Yeah, that was a big deal for Zeo. Um, and and you mentioned a little bit earlier that the band probably wasn't a Christian band as long as they said they were, or at least as long as their label said they were. Right. This may not be the f- this may not be the first time where they were kind of being obvious, but the next album really was. Oh, you know, the fear! The fear! You you really get the sense that it's not the same band. And I'm going to let you tell the story about the fear is what keeps us here, because that <laughs> is the next album in this discography. So the fear is a very different Zayo record. <laughs> um, <laughs> Way to put it. It was originally going to be called the George Lucas Neck Fat. The new George Lucas Neck Fat, yeah, experience or was it? No, I think it's just called the George Lucas Neck Fat, wasn't it? That's yeah. what Jeff Gretz said it was going to be. So uh, at this point, at this point, their bassist that had, had that had been on uh, Funeral God quit the band. The drummer Steve Peck had quit the band. Um, and the, so they hired uh, this guy named Marty Lunn on bass, who apparently had been friends with the band for years. And actually, according to a podcast I listened to two nights ago with Marty Lunn, originally when um, Jesse Smith was reforming Zayo with all the guys that are in it now, originally he was supposed to be the bass player. <laughs> so that would have been interesting that Marty Lunn would have been on, you know, would have been on like Liberate and uh, and Blood and Fire and, and all that and. Kind of a yeah, cool. That been- he said he said nobody ever even told him that until recently. <laughs> um, he's one of my favorite dudes in Zayo. Um, I mean, I like all of them for different reasons. You know, I don't really personally know any of them, but you know, it's one of those like his personality is just I, I like that dude a lot. Um, and uh, <laughs> but yeah, so he played bass on the Fear, and uh, they had this new drummer's huge deal was Jeff Gretz. He's this new guy that I hadn't heard of before. But you realized you had heard a lot. Yeah. Yeah, he's been on a lot of stuff. Because he's on everything. <laughs> he's been in a lot of bands. Still is, <laughs> you know. But it, what's funny about him is it was all about, like, I remember them going on and on about how they could play songs like At Zero live. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, the, that this new guy, Jeff, was just like, all about speed, you know, and like yeah. technicality and like he was the best drummer since Jesse Smith and, and all that. And um, these drums on this album are insane. They, they really are, are fast. They're one of the better parts of the record, but and where was this album recorded? This album was recorded with Steve Albini. Who, if you guys don't know who that is, just turn the podcast right now and just stop listening to metal. But no, <laughs> uh, no, Steve Albini, uh, he record, he's most famous for recording. Um, did Never he record mind, in I utero? Didn't. He recorded in utero, and right. the first mix that Kurt Cobain and the record company didn't like, he did. Yeah, it was, like, really raw. But he's notorious for his desire to record what he refers to as actual acoustic instruments. Right. And his style is very distinctive, and you hear it in the drums. Oh, yeah. You hear the performance-capturing style that he is known for. I can't help but feel so like the fear is probably the rawest Zayo record out. Um, yes. And it was because they, they did a lot of things differently. I think they recorded everything exclusively through amps. 
like they recorded yeah, it the was amps like a so live of, sound. right and so instead of, instead of just like tracking directly from their pedals and, and stuff like everything went straight in went to an amp that was mic'd and then straight into the board and probably the biggest uh the biggest change that you'll hear if you were to listen to all of their albums you know even just a song or two in order and then you get to this one and you hear dan's vocals come in um you know, most uh, nine times out of ten, you go into a studio to record an album and you're doing your vocals. You've got a mic that is kind of hung in front of you. You're in probably a room or a hallway and you're screaming into this mic, but you're not touching it. Whereas, you know, live, you've got a mic in your hand. Right. And on this record, Steve Albini put the mic in Dan's hand and said, just destroy it. Yeah. And that is what sounds like happens. Uh that I'm, I'm sure that every time they recorded a song, they had to get a brand new microphone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so the vocals on this sound very raw, and I believe it was an attempt to make the band sound live. Now, I'm not trying to be an asshole here, but like I saw the band, I've seen the band live plenty of times, and the vocals do not sound like the vocals on the Fear. Um, yeah, but that's okay. I mean, this was different. Like I initially, like I didn't like the Fear as much. I'm, Be- I'm I'm still not a huge fan. Well, okay, so the recording quality is a little weird. Um, it doesn't yeah. sound like because, like, I mean, the funeral god was like super clean. Um, yeah, you know, I think it was. For me, go ahead. It was it was like a very um, it was a very clean record. Very, uh, I don't want to say mainstream because Zayo can only be so mainstream, but it was it a was very produced, very produced album, and uh, the fear sounded like. I don't want to use the St. Anger comparison, but it was definitely a step down as far as production quality goes, even though they were with this great producer, you know, <laughs> like, um, yeah, but yeah, it, so the record sounds sonically different, but I wouldn't say it sounds worse than like Liberate, which was also kind of a little bit lo-fi. Um, I think the, I think the problem for me with this record that I had was that I liked Dan's vocals the majority of the time there's some songs I felt like it didn't work very well, yeah. but like stuff like cancer eater and physician heal thyself. Uh, it really benefited from oh, yeah. Dan having that just, you know, the mic in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what I didn't like was how muddy the guitar and bass sounded. Right. Yeah. Um, it, you, you couldn't hear some of the individual, uh, things that they were doing with the guitars. Right, and, and some of the songs were like, super technical at times, you know. Yeah, and it sounded like it was just a bunch of uh, sludge kind of right. hit you in the face, which sometimes that's good. But on this record, it wasn't my favorite thing. I do, I still have some some favorite songs on this record, yeah. but not very many. Well, the material, I feel like the material itself on the album really saves it in a lot of ways. I mean, songs like you know. Um, it's hard not to shake with a gun in your mouth. Cancer eater, physician heal thyself. Um, pudgy young blondes, American sheets on the deathbed, and a last time for everything. Those are still, in my mind, classic Zayo songs. Yeah, and they 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 encompass everything I like about the band. And it's it's still like as a fan, I'm still very much like this is it. You know, this is still really good. Um, and I remember like my initial reaction to the record was a negative one. Um, <laughs> it's funny cause there was a DVD included with the special edition of that one. And, 
um, they're all watching like a Steelers game and they're all up there like screaming cuss words at the screen. And I was like, so if you're a 15 year old kid and you're listening to Christian music and you bring that home to your mom, well, you get what you get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go watch that in your living room. and Right. You know. <laughs> no, mom, I don't know what happened. I guess they became possessed by the devil just for that one. <laughs> for that one. I'm sorry, mom. I'm notoriously critical of Steve Albini's recording mantra. Because I understand his politics and I agree with them. Like, here's this idea where the record company makes all the money. And right. he he is against that. Okay, Steve, great punk rock mentality. But when he records a band like Zayo, and you say to me, okay, we're going to capture the Zayo live feel. So we're not just going to record the singer. We're going to record the singer's PA. Right. <laughs> This is what it sounds like if you're in an abandoned club in the middle of I nowhere. I sit here you know? and say to myself, just from an engineering standpoint, okay, so if I was sitting in the in the club and I was ready for a Zayo show, and Dan was screaming mask, right? into... Oh, I always take a hockey mask. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, if, if, if Dan's holding a mic and he's screaming into that mic, what I'm hearing come out of the PA is what he did into the mic. Right. Not what he did into the mic coming out of the PA into another mic. Yeah, I mean, I get that. So I, I get it. The idea was let's record this band and let's try to recreate the live sound. But just like I said for Bob Rock, why does the band that is Metallica have to sound bad on purpose? Right. It's I, yeah. I get what you're going for, but it's not a home run. It hurts to listen to. I have to kind of psych myself up to listen to the fear. There's good songs, just like you said, buddy. But like, yeah. I have to psych myself up to listen to this album because it just, it's not enjoyable. Of course, I have to kind of psych myself up for Awake also. Right. Well, and, and I again, you know, the band is more and, than and welcome. Awake has Romance of the Southern Spirit. <laughs> right. The band is more than welcome to correct me on this, but I feel like maybe they felt a little bit the same way. Because you go and listen to their next album, Awake, and it is very, um, for lack of a better word, it's very produced. It's it's more like the funeral of God. Um, yeah, they makes you wonder if they listened to the fear and decided they didn't like uh, completely the sound that came out of that. Right, or maybe the fear just didn't sell well. They're like, oh, we need to get that funeral of God sound back. You Best know. first half of an album ever. Yeah, what, I on awake. Four. <laughs> See, I'm a little, I'm a little weird on awake. Um, awake is probably my least favorite Zayo album, although I do still enjoy it because I'm a super fan and everything they put out is, is you know, solid gold as far as I'm concerned. But you know, um, with Zayo, I felt like I don't want to say the band sounded tired on awake, but there were definitely songs where I felt like the band's intensity was down quite a few notches. Um, and I, it's hard to give like I, the, the song human cattle masses moving forward. Actually, yeah. um, that song kind of encompasses how I feel about the way that record sounds in places where it just sounds a little bit forced and it sounds a little bit, um, not lazy because it's, it's all played extremely. It's, it's a good record on its own. Um, but I guess, you know, at this point, I've been listening to The Fear for two years, and it's just, like, all speed and intensity, and, you know, it's, like, it's like up in your face. It's, like, all balls, and then you, you listen to Awake, and you're like, okay, 
So this is more just like a regular album. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it, tends to, it, it goes back to a more classic uh, speed for Zayo. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this again, um, Russ had left the band again. Uh, you know, he because he left on the fear and he wasn't there. And so he's yeah, not he wasn't on the fear at all, was he? No, he wasn't yeah. there on the fear. Um, he wasn't on this one either, gone. was he? No, he's yeah. gone on awake as okay. well. Um, his song which, is on awake. Yeah, he wrote yes. the romance of the southern. I'm Spirit. listening to romance of the southern spirit right now because I can. Yeah, <laughs> I remember when the, I remember I when awake this. came out. Huh? Uh, I didn't know this. Tim Landesis produced this produced this record. Oh, really? Yeah, that's weird. I never really get a get a urge to kill my wife when I listen to this. <laughs> but um wait 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 should we have been listening to this backwards the whole time maybe we should have okay i just don't know checking. you know i'm not going to talk about tim lampesis on this podcast much but yeah it's uh yeah, it's interesting yeah I, I hadn't realized that although i I do remember dan from zeo was on an as la dying song uh off of uh shadows of security for life of me i can't remember what song it is because every song on that record sounds the same but uh, yeah. <laughs> you know um but dan was on one of those songs so you know there you go 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 listen to it, I guess, if if that's your thing. But uh, I'm just gonna stick with listening to Dan on Zayo Records. Um, yeah, I really, I think we really wanted to like this album a lot more than we did. Well, uh, because, you know, you better like it because it's the only thing you're gonna get for like seven years. Yeah, because uh, this this was that album that we were waiting for for three years because we didn't really like the fear, and then this album came out, and it's definitely the definition of trying to justify a purchase right um oh man dude i pre-ordered it i got the t-shirt uh I the did, cd well. the sticker like everything i don't know if there's a sticker or not my cd is serial numbered uh one issue i have with this record so the symbols on the actual cd are very loud in the mix and they hurt my ears when i'm listening to them in the car Typically, Are you t- sure such a car speakers. Typically, it's not my car speakers, man. It's, it's this is a part. Multi, I've owned some bad cars in my day, and this is a, across multiple cars. Um, it, it they, yeah, they just they get into my earwax, they jiggle it around, and like it just it bothers me, and it it makes the record unlistenable on CD. So what did I do? I ripped the CD to MP3s, lowered the quality a little bit, and then burned it to a disc, and that's how I listened to Awake. <laughs> and uh, and so the symbols are not nearly as bad as, as they are on the actual yeah. disc. And I think part of that was because the record was actually... I think I think more people listened to Awake via MP3 than they did the actual disc. I think, I think you had to pre-order it to get the disc. Yeah, there were only 8,000 made. Yeah, so uh-huh. only. And all three yeah. of us own a copy of that because we pre-ordered it but that's yeah. right there's a lot more copies of that than end of destiny records let's put it that way oh that's um, true very, very <laughs> that's um, all i'm gonna mention of that band but yeah so as a, like you know just because I, I like to be on a more positive you know spin on things too because even though we didn't like this record i think uh quiet passenger part two the way they ended this record um was uh, very uh, that that's it's probably one of my favorite endings to a Zayo record. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, was, Dan has such a beautiful speaking voice, and I use beautiful yeah. in you know in Zayo terms, uh, in the sense that like it, when 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 Dan decides it's important enough to stop the song and talk, you listen. You know, it's yeah. this is important. You know, and yeah, they ended that very well. 
Yeah, almost every uh, Zaya record yeah. ends with a like slow, depressing type uh, song, except for like uh, self-titled doesn't because that's at zero. Yeah, uh, self-titled is like chaos. the exact opposite of that. Yeah, I don't remember. How are the week free? Was the way Pray to Chaos ended? I don't remember that. That song one was a little bit slower of a song, but it wasn't like yeah. slow and depressing. But almost um, failed ended slow. The funeral of God ended slow. The fear is what keeps us here. It ended um, well. It ended weirdly. Uh, it, that was a very that was probably one of the more melodic songs on the record. A last time for everything, which yeah. is actually one of my favorite Zayo songs. And actually, they, that that's interesting because they take that song and they basically just reduce the quality over time until the record the record just kind of fades away <laughs> yeah um um yeah this is uh it, it's kind of a it's kind of funny that self-titled is the only one where they you know uh kill you on their way out but every other <laughs> right right you know <laughs> they uh you know just kind of slowly you know let it go and let it fade right uh, which is something i've always appreciated about all of their albums um yeah, even though I still really love the way self self-titled lens, but I do prefer the just all right, let's close this record out with something that, you know, is um really good, but it's slower and it's gonna be depressing. Yeah. I think um Awake was I kind of decided that that was the last AO album. Yeah, because at this point, I mean, you know, it 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 probably I don't think it did well. And they weren't really talking on, you know, social or there wasn't much news of them on anything. They weren't doing uh, much think, during that time. You know, yeah. Dan had he either did he open it up or did he join a tattoo shop? I'm not uh, sure. So uh, he started really getting into tattooing um, since he was back home. I mean, they weren't touring. I don't think they toured this record. Yeah. Uh, if they did, it was only a couple of shows. Like at the very beginning oh, when yeah. it came out. Yeah. Um. um you know, so they were all pretty much kind of back to off doing their own things. Yeah, I mean, and that, you know, I I kind of given up on Zayo, um, as sad as that sounds, and and it wasn't because Awake was bad. I mean, like when I say a Zayo record is bad, what I really mean is it's still better than every other album that came out that year. <laughs> but uh, you know, um, in in comparison to previous material by Zayo. Some things I found to be lacking. Something you know, I, I wouldn't say there. There really isn't a Zayo album out yet that I've been like, this one sucks. Avoid it. Yeah, you know, there, there, there's always something very redeeming about each record uh, on its own. And yeah. so, I mean, we have our favorites, but you know, I'd say definitely in this last half of the uh, catalog is probably my least favorite Zayo records. Yeah, well, so the record we all want to talk about, the one that I pre-ordered on vinyl, <laughs> got the T-shirt, got the, you know, because I was like, oh, my God, Zayo's coming out with a new record, and I have to have it, you know, in my hands, like, right now. And instead, I waited and waited and waited and waited, and then finally got it. And uh, so the well-intentioned virus came out um, in at the end of 2016, like the very end, like December. Like December I, 9th. Yeah, yeah. and I, that record... Um, Oh, it's different. Uh, it's different than Awake, uh, for sure. Um, it's heavier than Awake. I've listened to it maybe about 15, 16 times now. Uh, actually, on the vinyl. I, I haven't really listened to it digitally yet. Um, so, the well-intentioned virus, in a lot of ways, is almost more of a return to the Liberate sound 
a little bit. Um, it's much more melodic than that record, but it's... Yeah. Um, and to note, on again, off again, Russ is back for this album. Right, Russ is, Russ is He's back. He's back. Yeah. He's touring. He's back in the band. Are they touring? I don't know if they're touring. I know they're performing know. live. They are performing live more, yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's uh, extensive touring, but they've got a few shows that they're right. doing. And uh, so the well-intentioned virus, my final response on it was I like it um, quite a bit. Uh, th- there was a period where I was like, you know, it's it's slower, kind of slower paced uh, than some of the Zayo so- records that I've heard. But like there are fast songs in there like Xenophobe, um, the well-intentioned virus. Um, those songs are just very um, in your face. They're chaotic. They They do the Zayo thing better than I've heard in years. And, you know, um, the lyrics actually I found to be the most striking um, on this record because this is, you know, in case you haven't been paying attention, this is not really a Christian metalcore album at all. Um, There's a lot of pushback. They've uh, pretty much transitioned completely away from that mindset. Right, right. You know, and it's, um, I, I would say that the lyrics are still hopeful in the sense that, like, you know, we're talking about these issues. Um, there, there's a really good, and I won't get into it too much because you just want to listen to that podcast. But if you go back and listen to the podcast as the story grows, there's a two part um, that has uh, Dan, Scott, and Jeff on it, and they talk about every single song on that record uh, about what the lyrics are about. Um, one of the biggest improvements I think on this record is Scott singing sounds phenomenal on this. Um, yeah, it sounds a lot a lot smoother a lot more natural uh than his previous performances with the band and um there's a lot more like subtle melody going on in this record than what you'd have especially in the first track uh the weeping vessel um where you know it's it starts off you know with this dissonant melody and then it you know blasts into you know this somewhat newish sounding style zeo but then there's like this melodic chord that they hit on like this every on this every verse um it's like they throw in this melody and then break away from it and then throw it back in yeah and there's a lot a very, going on uh in yeah, each of the songs textured. um the only criticism i really have of this record is like besides xenophobe and a few of the other songs there is not there aren't a lot of like what i would call standout tracks uh not to say that it's a bad record by any means um it's a really freaking great man to throw on the record player and listen to all the way through yeah. uh, in one it's sitting. One of those, it's one of those albums that I unfortunately like, I, I, you know, I don't have as much time to sit down anymore and really dissect a record. Yo, it's say, you, know, you should just, make time. <laughs> I yeah. I haven't had time to do that. You shouldn't have even done this um, podcast. You should be listening to the well-intentioned virus. <laughs> you should have just told us to suck it and not be on this podcast. <laughs> uh, um, but I, I tend to now lately, you know, I tend to take a song at a time when I, you know, read the lyrics through and, you know, stuff like that. And, um, you know, this is one of those albums where I'll put on the first song, I'll hear the first song, I'll know what is going on, I'm hearing everything, and then I'm, I start working, and all of a sudden, this, you know, I hear, like, this new sound, right? and it's the last track. Right. And <laughs> it, it, it's like everything from two to nine take it to me by like there's no standout songs because there's nothing 
uh, that just kind of pops out of nowhere. You know, it's a. What it's about xenophobe, man? It, it comes out of the gate and grabs you by the balls and slams you into the street. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it is um, very good. That that one does pop out uh, yeah. at me. But, you know, if I'm just listening to it as background and something that pulls me away and goes, oh, what's that? It's always the first and last track, uh, which, you know, it's not bad because that's a good, those are good bookends. Right. Um, I really like this record because it's it's a lot heavier, I think, than Awake was. Um, it's, it's, it's has a more modern, heavy sound to it. Um, there's a lot more crunch. There's a lot more balls. Um, there's parts of the song. There's certain songs that I swear it sounds like I'm listening to Gojira, you know, like the, the, there's, there's technicality there that I, I don't remember so much from previous because I don't consider Zayo to be an overly technical band, but, um, to, to hear him pull some of these parts off is, it was very new and refreshing to me. And, um, it just, it just feels like the band, has come together more as a conglomerate. Because, like, if you remember Jeff Gretz's introduction to the band, it was, like, a huge focus on, like, oh, my God, our drummer's fast, so, like, all of our songs need to be fast, too. Um, <laughs> yeah. Whereas I think on this record, it's a little bit more natural. The band kind of blends together better. And, uh, it's the, slower. Yeah, and there, there's a more focused... Uh, there's a more focused ideas moving forward. And um, I've got really nothing bad to say about the well-intentioned virus, but again, I'm, I mean, a super fan. So it's hard. Yeah. To, it's hard for me to separate away from that and be, and be overly critical because, you know, for, for as much negativity as we want to give it, I, I'm going to still listen to this over like, you know, whatever newest flavor the week band is, you know, it's hard not to shake with this record in your ears. Right. It is. It's very hard. Uh, <laughs> And, and uh, this is definitely the type of record where if you want to know where a band is today, this is where they are. Right. And I, I hope to hear more, you know, going forward. Um, but my appetite is definitely sated. I think it was worth the seven year wait. Um, yeah, I agree. And, I, you know, because even even like the newer Living Sacrifice albums, I, I was uh, a little bit disappointed in. Um, whereas yeah, with, Zayo, gonna... with Zayo, I'm getting a more a more consistent product and um and I like it. I like the lyrics. I like, I like the differing viewpoints we're getting from the band um, versus because I mean Zayo at this point has run like the gamut of of ideologies, and it's it's nice because there's just there's so much variety. You know, like when, when you would listen to Christian hardcore bands back in the day, it's like all they would ever talk about is just one thing all the time, and like those are the first three Zayo records. You get to hear yeah. about the same thing for three records in a row. And with Zayo, you just get all this variety. You get the ups, the downs, the struggles, um, you know, just the, the bloody details in between. And um, that that's really what hooks me on the well-intentioned virus is, is Dan's lyrics um, just really pop out to me. And they, they kind of, kind of gel a little bit with kind of some of my viewpoints on, on politics and, and, and yeah. things like that. And so it's just like, you know, it, I don't know. It's, it's, it's comforting to me that like, during the you know in 20, at the end of 2016 i think there was just so much uncertainty about the world and and the way things were and for me it was just very comforting that like okay yeah all this all this stuff's going on in the world but my god at least there's a new zeo record you know like you know <laughs> you know zeo has got my back you know they're <laughs> they're still fighting think, the good fight you know for me you know <laughs> yeah and i think that's where you know the like you mentioned dan's lyrics and i think that's where it's falling apart for me right now is that I haven't been able to really go through with the lyrics and, you know, see what is going on because I think, uh, the biggest 
impact that Zao has on its sound is Dan's delivery and lyrical content. Right. And if you're missing that, which I have been because I haven't been able to sit and read these lyrics, you know, and, and extensively go through this album, um, that will, that saves, uh, you know, a lot of their, uh, sound. Whereas some people may go, Oh, well, this isn't as technical as, you know, X band or whatever. It doesn't have to be because, you know, if you understand the lyrics and what he's saying, um, things take on a more brutal quality in that context. Yeah. Final thoughts on Zayo, Dan, <laughs> buy it. All of it. <laughs> All right of it. now. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, if you if you are a, a metal fan or a hardcore fan, and you haven't listened to Zayo, you're you're missing out. I mean, you're missing out on one of the pillars of of metal and hardcore or metalcore or whatever you want to call it. If you're a fan of extreme music, I mean, Zayo Zayo is kind of a testament that that music can be an art form. You know, it's not about just get in a get into a club and just circle bang for. 45 minutes and and that's it i mean with zeo there's just there's there's this whole um there's this whole epic legacy there um you hear you hear that metalcore sound evolve over the years um and and you get a band that starts off just their primary focus is being heavy and being evangelical to this band that has evolved into a mature a uh, focused songwriting machine that deals with so, well, a variety of social issues and personal issues. And um, Zayo is just the complete package. I don't think it even really matters where you start. And that's, that's my final word, buddy. Man, I've got to agree with most of what Dan says there. Um, there's not really a bad place to start. Um, I mean, if I was going to pick a place to start, you know, um, I would listen to the well-intentioned virus, um, self-titled Liberate or where blood and fire bring rest, um, you know, or the funeral of God really. Okay. Just pick any, pick any album, whatever. Uh, just friggin' listen to something by Zayo. It's, there's nothing like them out there. And if you think you found somebody like them and then go back and listen to Zayo, you'll realize it's not, it's definitely not the same. Right. There's only one Zayo. What's your album of the week, buddy? Ooh, album of the week. What have I been listening to mostly? I've been listening a lot, a lot to the only two tracks out right now by a band, a one-man band called Death Therapy, which, if you remember a band called Becoming the Archetype, uh, Jason Wisdom was the bass player and vocalist for that band, and he left the band a little while ago, and now he's back, and he's doing this one-man sideshow of just him with a bass and drums and he puts his bass through so many different processes and it has this crazy industrial sound uh and it comes out at the end of the month and i'm just like freaking out over this because jason wisdom's vocals are some of the best in the business he's the man yeah (laughs) dan oh well uh so i've been dude i've just been listening to slayer because we were supposed to do the Slayer episode tonight, so uh, <laughs> I've been I've been listening to a lot of Slayer. Uh, 
I, I mean, okay. So preview of the Slayer episode. Uh, I'm going to go with Seasons of the Abyss by Slayer. That's my favorite one out of everything I've heard from them uh, so far. So I, you know, it's it's all Slayer for me right now. <laughs> I've been listening to While They Were Sleeping by Candiria. Ooh. And and that's because of the, uh, what, the As the Story Grows podcast? Yes, it is. Yeah. And I will say that if you're a fan of concept albums and progressive metal, well, number one, I'm a big fan of concept albums, too. There you go. And if you like progressive metal, Candiria is the reason, even if you don't know it yet. I will check it out, for sure. And on that note, I will say this has been Discography Discussion, Episode 3 where we have discussed for the past hour and 40 minutes, Zayo. We'll see you guys next week. See you next week. See ya. Boom. Can I get a fart, buddy?